Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We look now, we see what's going on. We see that we are living in the end times. We know that. We also know that the eschatological markers or the end time markers are escalating very fast. Think about what's happened in just a year. Just last week, the chairman of China called on the world to take down trade barriers and bolster global organizations for governance. He also said this, quote, there's only one earth and one shared future for humanity problem is who's deciding what the one shared future is. See, that's code for one world governance. And we already see the censorship like China. In fact, I was sharing this with someone this morning. I've been to China. I was there in the mid-80s. In 1986, about six months before Tiananmen Square, we would perform at the Shanghai Gymnasium, and it was packed. There were 10,000 people in there. But there was a table right at the front of the stage and had government officials there with a microphone and they would tell you when to start by saying play now play stop now we'd stop clap now they clap see that's the one world governance the rule the tyranny that the devil wants to place upon the people of this earth but thank god in jesus christ we're set free from that. We're free because we belong to a whole other kingdom. Globalism, in fact, is the tactic for world power, which opens the door for one world governance. And it opens the door for tyranny, authoritarianism, and persecution. And the reason I bring that up is, if you remember last week when I talked about Daniel in the lion's den, and today we're going to talk about Daniel's three friends, They lived under that type of governance, by authoritarian, tyrannical governance under Babylonian captivity with Nebuchadnezzar in control of all things. So we're in the last part of the series. Get ready for a breakthrough. And we're going to talk about the furnace of faith because your faith is being tested like never before. We are in the furnace of faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you're not already, it's just a matter of time till you start feeling the heat. But here's what I want to say. The furnace of faith is really the coolest place to be because Jesus is there with us. This series is based on this verse. Look at the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed for I am going to do, not I might, I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you're told. But remember, the context of that verse was given to Habakkuk, who was talking about Babylonian captivity. That something was that God was going to judge Israel and judge and use Babylon to do that. So their faith was being tested. Our faith is being tested. So that's something that God's going to do. It definitely includes the testing of your faith. And we don't like that much, but that's the only way we grow. So let's talk about the furnace of faith. First, the furnace of faith is where my faith is tested. Your faith is tested in the fire, and it's getting hotter. 
Babylon is turning up the heat. Turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3, and that's where we're going to spend our time today. So we begin here in verse 1, and Nebuchadnezzar was the king, and he made image of gold, a statue that was 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and that translates to 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. That's nine stories in a building, 90 feet. Think about how tall that is. A statue that he wanted the people in Babylon to worship, and it was a statue of himself. And Nebuchadnezzar, he sent word to all his officials, so all the people there, the different satraps, prefects, and all those people, they're government officials. They're kind of the establishment of the time. And then they assembled for the declaration of the image Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then verse 4, they proclaimed to you, the command is given, O peoples of all nations, men in every language. So we have to remember Babylon was kind of a one world government because there were different people there that had been taken captivity, including Israel, or the tribe of Judah in particular. And then verse 5, so here's the cue to worship. What is it? Music. See, music is a powerful tool for worship, and the devil knows that. When I was a musician, before I got saved, I worshipped music. But then when I got saved, I worship Jesus, and music is just a tool to worship. I don't bow to music. I bow to Jesus. And verse 6, But whoever does not worship that statue will be immediately thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the music, they had to bow and worship. Verse 8, for this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans, this was a sect of the Babylonians, came forward and brought charges against the Jews. So that's the establishment of the government bringing charges against God's people, because they always blame God's people. And they responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, Oh, king, live forever. So they're kissing his, you know what? And they say, you, O king, you made that decree, and you said that everyone who hears the music of all the different instruments playing has to bow down and worship your image. But whoever does not do that will be cast into the furnace. So they're reminding him, as we talked about last week, same with Daniel, they remind the king of his edict. And then verse 12, there are certain Jews whom he have appointed over the administration. So there's jealousy there because these three men that were young men were given high privilege in the kingdom of Babylon. He says, these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have disregarded you and they don't serve you or your gods or they don't worship the golden image which you have set up. So what is that? It's another setup. Like with Daniel. These people are jealous of God's people. The devil hates God's people. So we have to see the spiritual component here. Nebuchadnezzar is a tool of the devil. 
and so is Babylon. But God used them, because God is ultimately in control, God uses that to do his will, which includes growing your faith. So these three men and Daniel, they all lived in this land that was not their own land. They were captives. And they were captive to an incredibly evil government. And here's what I want to say. We live in Babylon. Because Babylon is a picture of the world. But here's the other part of it. We are not of Babylon because we are of another kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's another world. We live for that world. So we live for Jesus. And the decision to worship God for these three men, like Daniel, was not just a whimsical, thoughtless thing. They made a decision long before this day of furnace to only worship Yahweh. They counted the cost, and now the payment was due. Think about it. Are you willing to lay your life down for the sake of Jesus Christ? Because that's what it takes. Jesus demands and commands our undivided allegiance. You can't love the world and love God. You can't love money and love God. You can't love yourself more than God. It has to be a decision that's just not made on payment day. It's made before that day because it's going to cost you and the payment will come due. And the question is, to whom will you bow? Look, before 2020, the world was our oyster, right? And then they told us to clam up, to shut down. You must bow to Babylon. Because Babylon wants to shut you up and shut you down. Nebuchadnezzar, the tool of the devil, wants you to worship the government. They want you to worship the statue, the image of the government. They want to control and own you. I'm not telling you anything that's not true. Come on. If you're living in the light, you know this stuff. They want to tell you who and what is essential. And the furnace is getting hotter. But here's the thing. Don't bow to the image of Babylon because you belong to Christ. So that's the first thing. The furnace of faith is where my faith is tested. Secondly, the furnace of faith is where my witness is detected. Your witness to Jesus Christ is never detected more than when you are in the fire. Read Hebrews 11. The hall of faith, right? How did they get in there? Well, most of those people in there were martyred. They had their heads cut off. They were killed because of their faith. The word martyr comes from the Greek word marturo, which means witness. So in order to witness to Jesus Christ, you have to be dead to yourself. Because I can't point to Christ if I'm constantly pointing to myself. So let's continue in Daniel, verses 13 through 14 here in chapter 3. So Nebuchadnezzar got really angry in a rage, and he gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego. And by the way, those weren't their original names. Those were their Babylonian names. Same thing with Daniel. Daniel was given another name. His Hebrew name is Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Is it true that you do not serve my gods and worship the golden image that I've set up? There's a lot in there because the gods of Babylon, there were multiple gods. Where we worship one god, they worshiped many gods. But there were three main gods. And there's always like this trinity thing that Satan wants to counterfeit. You know, the three gods. And their names were Anu, Marduk, and Ea. Those were the main three gods of Babylon. Anu was the highest god, the almighty god. Marduk was the national god of Babylon. So it was the political god. Ea was the god of wisdom or the god of academia. Now, do we not see these three gods actively involved in our country and world today? The Almighty God is oneself, one's body. I'm in charge. It's my body. It's all about me. The political God is the government. And when God of the government replaces the God of the universe, demise and destruction is only a few years away. And we know this. We see this. Babylon And Nebuchadnezzar didn't want the people to worship their God because it would take away from the government's power. And then the God of academia. Do we see this? Where people make a degree something more important than their character? Your degree is what defines you? These three gods are what many people worship today. The people of Babylon. So those are the gods. And then the golden image, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, again, was 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, made of pure gold. And anyone who did not worship that image of Nebuchadnezzar did not bow down. They would be thrown into the fire because Nebuchadnezzar thought he was God. And if you read through Daniel, you'll realize he was humbled in a big way and actually came to proclaim the true God. But he was not there yet. And there are many people in our world today who love to be worshipped. And one day, a king like Nebuchadnezzar, a man of lawlessness, will rise up and rule the world because the world will elect someone like them. Lawless, evil, godless. And his image will be worshipped. It will be a one world God. We know this. It's in the book of Revelation and also in Daniel that there will be a person who will align with other governments and it will be a one-world government, a globalist government, and everyone will have to submit and bow to that person and bow to their image, which is not going to be necessarily a statue, but it will be, I believe, the followers of that person, the image, the people who are part of that conglomerate. If you don't bow to them as well, you will be canceled. You will be censored. Do we not see this? It's happening. So we have to have open eyes and realize what's happening in our world today. And these people are Satan's followers. But you're not. You're a follower of Christ. 
walk and worship in his image. We worship him. We don't worship other images, even ourselves. We worship Jesus Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made the decision, but they still had to trust God because they're going to be thrown into a really hot fire where they would die if not an intervention. So here's what I'd say. Pray that you would not falter. I always pray, Lord Jesus, keep me close to you. I don't want to fall away. I don't want to falter. This last week, I was in seminar week for my PhD program, and the president of the seminary was speaking, and he was saying how incredibly blessed the seminary is that they have 50% of their PhD graduates are working and using their degree. And he said, all but one have stayed true to their faith. And I was like, what? What did he just say? I said, are you just going to not fill that in or what? You know. And he went on to say that there was one person who went all the way. I mean, you think about this. You're going all the way through a PhD program in theology, and he renounced his faith publicly on social media. I don't know who this person is. But all I can say is pray that you will not falter. Pray that God will keep you close to him because the furnace is hot and it's going to get hotter. So let's continue verse 15 here. Now, if you're ready, at the moment you hear the music, so Nebuchadnezzar is going to give him another chance. So, hey guys, when you hear the music, I'll give you another chance. Worship the image or I'm throwing you into the fire, and there's no God that's going to rescue you. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter, or we don't need to defend ourselves. Now, it's interesting. It says, all three of them replied to the king. I'm not sure if that's what happened. I don't know if one of them spoke for the others, or maybe they had rehearsed this in their hearts together to say it. Nevertheless, it's a powerful, convicting statement. We don't have to defend ourselves before you, O king, because we have another king. And then they go on. Our God, whom we serve, he is able to deliver us. That's powerful. They're saying, Our God can do anything. He can deliver us out of a fire, out of a furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king, because we're in the hands of God. But even if he doesn't, king, know this. We are not going to serve you, your gods, your government. We are only going to worship Jesus Christ, we are not bowing down to your image. Boom. Mic drop. Can you say that? Are you ready to say that? Because if you look at the history of church, more Christians were persecuted and killed than not. They say, even if God doesn't rescue us out of the fire, he's going to eventually rescue us. So we don't live for this world. We live for his world, the kingdom of God. See, because your witness is most detected when you are in or about to be thrown into the fire. And if you've already decided that in your heart, 
You need to keep conviction of that. If not, you need to decide today your answer to that question. Will you bow to the image of Babylon or do you only bow to Christ? And then last, the furnace of faith is where Jesus is exalted. I told you the furnace of faith is the coolest place to be because Jesus shows up. Let's continue here. Verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath. He was so angry that his facial expressions were altered. And he got so mad at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he ordered the heat of the furnace to be turned up seven times hotter. And he commanded his warriors and his officials to tie them up and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. They tied him up in their clothes, their trousers, their coats, their caps. Everything was left on them. And they were thrown into the blazing fire. And it was so hot that it burnt and killed the men that threw them into the fire. That's how hot it was. Verse 23, but these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell into the furnace of the blazing fire, still tied up together. And Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded. And he stood up and he said to his officials, hey, weren't there just three men thrown in there? They said, oh, king, yes. And the king said, but look, I see four men. And they're loosed and they're walking around in the midst of the fire and they're not being harmed. And one of them looks like a son of the gods. I don't know about you, but it's worth it to be thrown in the fire to find Jesus there. Now, one cannot be exactly sure that this was the pre-incarnate Jesus because it says son of the gods. And sometimes... Angels are referred to as sons of God, but also believers are referred to as sons of God. But in Hebrew here, in this Hebrew, in the language, it doesn't include the article the. It could read son of God. In fact, the word Elah can be translated as plural or singular. They chose to translate it as plural, sons of God. It could be Son of God. Now, who did Nebuchadnezzar see? I said, I can't be 100% sure that it was Jesus. I believe it is the pre-incarnate Christ, the Son of God, the Son of God. Nevertheless, someone was in there who was not being affected by the fire. And not only that, He was allowing the fire to not affect human beings. I mean, think about it. Not only did these three men survive the flames of the fire, they were surviving asphyxiation and any other poisonous gases that were inhaled. On top of this, they were loosed. They were free from the ropes and they were walking around. I like to say dancing around in the fire with Jesus. Now that is an incredible witness to Nebuchadnezzar and to us because Jesus is exalted in the fire, in your fire, in your testing. That's when Jesus is exalted the most. I mean, think about it. When do you think you need Jesus the most? Because we always need Jesus. 
It's not when things are going good. If there's one thing that 2020 showed us is that we really need Jesus. That's why we need 2020. I wish it would end because we're in 2021, but it should never end that we always know how much we need Jesus. Because the fire, ladies and gentlemen, is only going to get hotter because that's how God grows our faith. Now look what happens in the final part of this, starting in verse 26. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace. He responded and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out. You are servants of the Most High God. And they came out, and the officials gathered around, and they said, gosh, there's no effect on their bodies. Their hair isn't singed. I have a problem lighting the barbecue sometime. My hair and my arm get singed. They weren't singed at all. Their trousers weren't even damaged. They're walking around with the clothes. There's no smoke coming off of them. How does that happen? God intervenes. That's what a miracle is, supernatural. Nebuchadnezzar, he was just saying, there are no God that's going to save you. And now he's saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielding up their bodies as to not serve. And he realizes, I was wrong. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, tongue that speaks anything offensive against their God. So he goes the total opposite because he's an authoritarian, you know. He just loves to tell people what to do. Anyone who doesn't worship their God will be torn from limb to limb and blah, blah, blah. And the king caused Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. Listen, if you don't believe God is able to do anything, then you don't know the God of the Bible. God can do anything. Jesus walked on water and he was in a human body. God intervenes. God changes the atmosphere. God speaks to the wind and tells it to stop. God rebukes the devil. When Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to let you in on something here. The Bible is clear about the birds of the air. And when they talk about the birds of the air, it's usually evil. And I see blackbirds all the time, like crows and stuff. And I just don't like them. And they make irritating noises. And when I'm running down the street, and it sounds like they're laughing at me, and I go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. So I'm speaking to birds. Okay. I clap in praise. They leave. Now, I have to give a caveat that I had an incredible incident when I was living in Monterey, where there was literally, I would run around my neighborhood, there was literally a black big crow that would try to land on me. It wasn't afraid of me at all. You should fear me, right? Here's the thing, what I'm trying to say. There is a spiritual world, and some of that spiritual world hates you. That spiritual world wants you to bow to that image. That spiritual world run by Satan wants to throw you in the fire and destroy your life. Thank God we worship a God who's able to deliver us from the fire. And the ultimate fire is the flames of hell that we have been delivered from. We will not be singed and burned in judgment. We have received grace and salvation in Christ. We're in the furnace of faith, though, ladies and gentlemen. To some degree, we are. 
and it can get pretty hot. And the more you stand up for Jesus, the hotter it's going to get. Now notice this. In both Daniel's lion den experience and this fire experience, God did not rescue them before they were thrown in there. He did not rescue them out of it. He rescued them in it. He stayed with them. He walked with them. He probably talked to them. That's why I say the furnace of faith is the coolest place to be. Now, God is using this to grow your faith. And I want to end by reading this scripture from 1 Peter because it ministers to me. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And that day is closer than ever before. Stay strong in faith. Be tied to Jesus. Walk around and dance with confidence and be ready for a breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, that you deliver us from the fire. And even in this world, when we are in fiery trials, you are with us. And Lord, keep us tied to you, close to you. Lord, may, that we may not falter, that we may not fall away. And Lord, even though the furnace is hot, our faith is being tested in the fire. You are building our faith muscles so that we can stand in strength and confidence and say, I will not bow to the image of Babylon. I bow only to Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor David Bardowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com. Make me-